You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and we have our new co-host with us today, Shauna. You want to say hi? Hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> and we have a... Uh... <laughs> I didn't want to overdo it. <laughs> It's okay. That was perfect. That was perfect. We'll have plenty of time to practice. Okay. Um, and uh, we have a, a very special guest with us today who, for those of you who are or were listeners of BioJacked, uh, we have a past guest on the show today, Eva Twardokin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Very excited to have you today. And I know that uh, Shanna is very excited to talk to you as well. Um, we, we chatted <laughs> okay. a little bit before about uh, your stats and your your extensive history in sports um, and all of your great accomplishments. And actually, we, we each took turns kind of looking up more information about you just to make sure we covered everything. And we discovered that you have a, a Wikipedia page, which is awesome for a lot of reasons. But one, it means that you've made it big time. So... Congratulations wow, on the, on I didn't the, even know that. You, so you do. It's very You're cool. You're flagging me on that. Gotta I know. Sure it's accurate now, huh? <laughs> we'll have to read through it. Um, so you have, like I mentioned, quite the extensive um, exercise sports background, um, being in the Olympics, um, and then you transitioned into Olympic lifting. Is that correct? Um, well, I tra- I was a skier, or I am a skier, but my competitive years as a skier, I retired in 95. I know that seems like a lifetime ago. And then um, I got into CrossFit, just the very, was at the very beginning. And then kind of got a little nuts about that. But you know, it was fun. And I it opened a lot of doors for me. And then when I started to get worn down, then I started to decide, well, I, I was good friends with Mike Bergner and I was lifting at his gym and he said, you know, you could go to the master's nationals and just pretty much win with the lifts you're training with. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> I started to train and then so that was my Olympic lifting career. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I reached my goal and then I, I literally just stopped. Mm-hmm. So I do coaching now in Olympic lifting mostly. Which is awesome. And and I mean, definitely because I'm assuming because of the, you know, the extensive training that went into your skiing days. And then like you mentioned in the CrossFit and kind of maybe overdoing it a little bit, kind of getting caught up in that. You've made quite a shift in not only how you train personally, but how the approach that you take in training clients now and in, in the gym that you you own, right? Is that correct? Right. I mean, basically my own path has taught me so much. And what I tell people is that, that I've done everything wrong. So I'm not (laughs) pointing the finger at you in any way. I just think as a person who's done everything wrong, 
it's my responsibility to learn from that and share my information. Which we all appreciate. And, and, and I, I feel very much <laughs> along the same lines with like competing in, in obviously a very different sport, but seeing so many things done wrong and, and at the risk of one's health um, and realizing, you know, where it's worth it, what's worth it, uh, the risks, the sacrifices, exactly. and then hopefully trying to instill those lessons onto others um, when you see that there could be a better way of going about it. Right. And I think sometimes folks forget, like, I already put my body on the line for you and I'm, maybe not for you, but I've already put the bo- my body on the line for me and I've seen what's happened. So, you know, like, look at me as your your research paper or your experiment, although I'm a, you know, N of one study, <laughs> still, um, I've done it to myself, but it, I also can recognize it in other folks very easily now. So, I can see the path they may be going down and I try to um, give them some new ideas so maybe they can change directions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, is a mark. I know really... I can totally relate to that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I know I can totally relate to that as someone who uh, I turned 40 this weekend and burned myself out competing in CrossFit for several years, ended up with adrenal fatigue. And now I'm, competing in weightlifting. <laughs> so you're like, your story is so parallel to what I've experienced so far. And we even just rebranded our gym to kind of shift the, the focus a little bit away from so much competitive intensity and just trying to give people a little bit more of what they need, which to me is just they, they want to live healthier lives. So I can completely appreciate that, that direction. Right. Well, that's the bottom line, and that's where I see the responsibility of trainers comes in is to understand where your, what your client's goals are, for one thing, and secondly, where are they going to be not only just now. We're not just training for now or next week or in four weeks or for putting my bikini on this summer. You know, we're training for where we're going to be in 10, 20, and 30 years. And so I think every trainer should have that in the back of their head. Like, where am I taking this person? Mm-hmm. Because if you're just trying to make the dollar right now because they want to get into their bikini this summer, um, <laughs> you know, you, you could put, put them down a very um, unhealthy path that, you know, <clears throat> I've talked to some people about, you know, adrenal fatigue or whatever you want to call it, cortisol dysregulation, hormone dysregulation. And that's not something that goes away in a year. It could take you your whole life to catch up. So I think folks need to just be aware, especially trainers, um, of that because it's their job to inform your client. Absolutely. And and being able to see that in clients, like that tendency or – you know, if someone does come to you and say like, oh, I actually want a bikini body soon, you know, what do I need to do looking for that quick fix, but be able to kind of have that conversation with them about, okay, we can still work towards that goal, but the the overall goal is going to be longevity, sustainability, um, you know, prepping them, giving them the tools so that they can, you know, hopefully achieve somewhat of their goal in, in that short period of time, but also then have the tools to continue on after that. And that's not always right. an easy and conversation. <laughs> as easy as it sounds no, when you it, say it, it's not. Right. And it comes with all 
folks that want to compete, you know, a lot of people want to do the CrossFit games, the open and move forward. And some people want to run a marathon and, you know, I support that, but, you know, get it done, but have an exit strategy. What are we going to do after this? And how are we going to track your health? Because if there's, there's a point you might be like, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore, but I told everyone I was going to do it and my health is falling apart. What do I do now? And it's like, well, let's, let's figure it out. You know, let's just because you said you were going to run a marathon doesn't mean you have to do it. You may mm-hmm. <laughs> say, you know what, the, the, the risk of what it could do to my health is not worth, um, worth it for me. I wasn't having as much fun as I thought I was going to have. And so I'm, I'm, I've made the decision to do something else. And I think that that as much as we, um, give people the thumbs up for achieving their goals in sports, um, I think we need to give them the thumbs up for making good decisions and maybe not pursuing a goal that may not be the best for them in the long term. I agree completely. And again, a hard conversation sometimes to have, but coming from someone who has that experience, who's been through it perhaps several times, uh, I think it's going to be received a little bit better or at least give them food for thought, something to think about. And it's not like then if they decide to still move forward with that goal, you know that you did your best to to give them that, the information, the possibility of like, hey, this is what could happen. Um, we just want to be prepared, as prepared as possible. And I don't want to be a scaremonger. I just want to be, I guess, reasonable is yes. a good word to say. Yes. Let's just be reasonable about this. And, you know, being a world-class athlete, you know, starting very young at my sport of skiing, um, you know, people said, well, you did skiing and you blew your knees out and you've had eight knee surgeries. And, you know, and I tell people being a a true athlete, a professional athlete or an Olympic athlete isn't a certificate of health. Right. But I, I knew that I probably would have, there were some sacrifices that I were making, but I was making sacrifices to go to the Olympics. I was paying my bills. I was making some money. I was, it was my life that I had trained for since I was a child. I didn't just decide, hey, I want to compete at something and I'm just going to freaking put my nose to the grindstone and make it, you know, at the age right. of 38 and, you know, that's um, and, and hold a full-time job and have two kids and on and on. You know, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. And, and two, knowing, and you know, you you knew that going into it, especially being that you started so young, you knew the risks, you knew the commitment, um, the sacrifices that you were going to make to do that. And and we've mentioned this before on the show, the difference between, you know, doing a recreational sport and doing a professional mm-hmm. sport. And when you're a professional, you're being paid to do it. So, yes. you know, take you, there are a lot of risks that you're taking, but, you know, to some level, there's some compensation. Whereas when you're doing a recreational sport, like if you ruin your health in the meantime, you're not getting anything out of it, really. No. no Besides a big a bill at the pocket. yeah, a big hole in your pocket, yeah. exactly. And who knows then, like, when it comes to trying to fix your health, the, the expenses that you're going to be paying, both actually it's like, monetarily, but <laughs> the the time and everything. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And just not. And I think that's an interesting. I think that's an interesting distinction to make that not a lot of people have an awareness that they they don't make the distinction between okay, there's training to be a professional athlete and training 
like a professional athlete for a recreational goal because the, the, you know, all the fitspo out there in the world tends to be like, you know, push yourself until you drop and then push yourself a little harder. And then maybe you've worked hard enough and it, it's, I, I love the balance that, you know, dialing it back a little bit and remembering that like, you know, if you're not planning to go to the Olympics, if that isn't like legitimately in your cards or do some other type of huge competitive goal, you know, it could potentially be irresponsible for the health ramifications. But don't get me wrong. I don't want to be a curmudgeon. I think that when people want to chase a goal that, that we can guide them in the best way possible. And like I said, have an exit strategy and, you know, most folks that are recreational athletes, they go after it, you know, with an amazing amount of um, drive and motivation. And what they forget is that the true professional athlete has a group of people around them monitoring them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said this in a lot of my talks that, you know, every, everyone in the world can has the potential to exercise and train. Yes. Um so we all can do that. So there's really not many secrets left there. <laughs> um, where the money is, is in recovery. And, um, and folks forget that part of, um, of succeeding. And I can tell you that now, as far as the U.S. ski team is concerned, they've got some amazing recovery techniques. And that's what's kind of separating the top performers from the not so top performers. It's the the uh, recovery techniques and um, how they're implemented. That makes sense a lot. I mean, for so many reasons. But one is people forget about the rest component. They always think about the action that they're taking when they get into the gym, when they're going to do the lifts or on going to to do long runs. You know, they think of that as the work, whereas the recovery work. I mean, you're not going to be able to actually go do the the work in the gym unless you have that recovery time, unless you've done the tune-ups on your body. And I love that you mentioned the team that's involved in any professional athlete. There's actually this commercial uh, for the the basketball teams. It's a Gatorade commercial, which I don't. I'm not you know plugging Gatorade by any means, but. They have this great clip where it shows two basketball players sitting in the chairs after the game. They got ice packs on their knees. They got their feet in ice baths. They're eating their recovery bar, and they're just chilling out. And they're talking about how important this time is for them, more important than the time on the court. And it's it's so easy to forget about. And it's becoming mainstream, which is cool, the recovery thing, you know. Yes. People are learning about, you know, in this town where I live in Santa Cruz, you know, there's a cryo center, there's a, um, you know, whether you believe in these recovery techniques or not, but there's a lot more out there that has to do with recovery. There's, we have an oxygen chamber here and, you know, people um, are doing better with it, but it's a matter of making it a priority. And that's where, you know, I think the trainers can really, um, you know, just, just, you need to look after who you're working with. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's in my strength and conditioning business. I think that's our strength with our programming is that we have 
a very personal relationship with all of our clients. You know, we've done some blood work on them. We know where they stand health-wise. We have them all using an HRV, and we're in, we don't have, you know, a ton of clients, but the ones that we have, I feel like we're in very close contact with on a day-to-day basis on what they're doing, how they're feeling, and what how to proceed that day. And um, I'm, I'm proud of where we've come um, with that. That's great. And, and in starting this, you've come up with a, a term, would you call it? A, a way of mm-hmm. describing the kind of training that you perhaps do yourself, but definitely prescribe to clients. Uh, do you want us to tell us a little bit about that, the, the MDME? Right. So MDME is something, you know, it's something that's been around forever. Minimum dose, maximum effect. Um, but I felt like no one was really uh, really thinking about that, what that meant. And I started to think about how really that's the way to go. And I decided to build my business around minimum dose, maximum effect training, which is how much training do you need to keep your body composition stable to, um, to feel happy and be healthy. And it doesn't mean you have to go um, beat yourself to a pulp at the gym. It means that we are more on a maintenance program and we are thinking more about long-term health than we are now. So it's the minimum, the minimum you can do um, to create the best outcome for yourself is the bottom line there. And uh, sometimes people make a mistake and they say maximum dose, minimum effect. Oh, no. <laughs> and I definitely know some workout programs that bring that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's be clear here. It's minimum dose, maximum effect. We want to avoid the maximum dose, minimum effect. And that's where, unfortunately, I see a lot of people practicing that more oh, yeah. than what I would like them to be striving for is minimum dose, maximum effect. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's unfortunately, that's so the opposite message that's put out there. I mean, it's like no pain, no gain. Uh, you know, if, if, it, if it doesn't hurt, you know, you're not doing it right. If you're not exhausted, well, there was one where it's like, if you if you still look good at the end of your workout, you didn't work hard enough. And uh, I, I personally right. rarely sweat. I only sweat if the room happens to be extremely hot. Um, otherwise I could look just as good (laughs) when I leave as when I walk in, but that doesn't mean that I didn't work hard or efficiently even. Um, but again, it's like, it's such the opposite message than what's put out there. And for some reason, I don't know why that that is more attractive to people because they feel like they need to. That's exactly what I was talking about. Like it's, it's out there. That message is just the slaughter yourself and that's, that's the only way like to really get the results you want. And I, I feel like people need permission to not destroy themselves just because there is so much of that message out there. Mm-hmm. And that's where Correct. I think that the coaching environment has to change is that the trainers have more responsibility there. Um, I, I think there's times you can go in and destroy yourself at something. Like I destroy myself surfing all the time. I'm like, okay, I've been out here an hour and a half. I haven't eaten. I feel tired. My performance is dropping, but I'm having so much fun 
then I'm going to stay out mm -hmm. here. Okay. So, so I stay out for, instead of an hour and a half, I stay out for three hours. So for me, this kind of, this thing continues in my life, even though I've like switched to surfing, but <laughs> I've now ha at least have what I said, an exit strategy. Okay. I stayed out there too long. I'm dehydrated, sunburned. I didn't eat. And tomorrow I'll probably, you know, lose mm -hmm. performance or fun time because I kind of, kind of just went a little, took it over at the top here. But I work with that, you know, okay, I got to go home. I got to get a little nap in. I've got to recover from this, this beat down of training or sports that I did. And, and that's all I'm asking. I think that sometimes it's fun to do a workout that, you know, your tongue's hanging on the ground at the end of the workout. But, but let, I guess my message is to totally agree. You got to learn how to recover. You have to know how to recover yeah. from those things. Like, what are you going to do? And, and what, and, and what you're certainly not going to do is come back tomorrow and do the same thing. And that's right. what's happening is people are doing this like five days a week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's and different too. Yeah, well, and that, that's, Go ahead. <laughs> We're all like going to jump on top of each other with our words. Um, I well, know there's three of us all trying to get a word. Well, I three think women. I know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something too to say about doing an activity that you absolutely love doing and that's fun. Like that actually brings pure enjoyment versus choosing an activity that you feel like you have to do in order to achieve X result right. you know it's it's different when and you're like I don't like weightlifting but I know I have to do it because this is how I want to look or this is what I want to do but I hate it uh, versus doing an activity that you just purely enjoy doing that you feel good and if it's okay then if you end up exerting a little bit more because at the end of the day you're you continue because you're having fun and I think that's something that's that's so missed is like find something that you enjoy doing if you are dreading going to right. the gym maybe that's not the activity that you should be doing or the at least the approach once you get there right well we're missing the outdoor environment component so much it's and true. I don't know you guys if you would agree that sometimes and I've been guilty of this but people go in and it's kind of a dysfunction where they're actually punishing themselves oh yeah in their workouts I see that a lot like <laughs> I'm not good enough so I have to beat the crap out of myself even more yeah you know what I mean mm -hmm. and that's sad yeah. I mean that's you know that's where you're dealing with other stuff mm -hmm. during your workout and that's where it becomes a double whammy um yeah I uh I I'm gonna be going to paleo fx and I'm talking uh about the higher the health hierarchy I've created a little health hierarchy and you know I very much believe that the foundation of health is emotional wellness mm -hmm. um, and to kind of know what your stigmas are and to understand those and move forward in that way. And therefore, you'll be able to do all the other health tasks, i.e. sleep, nutrition, movement, exercise and recovery better if you understand the way your mind works and you understand what it takes for you to get into a good place in order to make the rest of that machine work effectively. Mm -hmm. So true. And, and so I totally true. get that. And I have, go ahead. I have a blog post that I wrote recently about, you know, the way people see fat on their bodies and how it, 
it does cause you to want to, you know, people see fat as like this negative condition, you know, they, it, they let it define them instead of just thinking of it as some extra fuel on their body. And I, it was really inspired by that quote. And I keep going back to this, but, you know, work out because you love your body, not because you hate it. And that's, I think you're, your minimum dose maximum effect that the way that I'm hearing it is you, you want to, you want to do, put, put the most effort into the things that give you the most reward, like in your heart and your soul. And that's, that's how to find what is going to be the, what is really going to give you the best result for your life. That's well, I think you need to feed those things for sure. And um, part of what minimum dose, maximum effect, let's be real here. Like in order to, to keep muscle on your body, you're going to have to do some resistance training. And some of us don't really like to, you know, pack up our bag and walk into a gym cave and, and get that done. So there's a couple of things that are necessary, but it, the one, things that are necessary, let's make those things give you the maximum return mm-hmm. and do the things that give you the maximum return on your time and your effort. And then, then you add the stuff that feeds your soul, you know, and that would be your sports and getting out into green environments and walking and enjoying people. And, um, I sound like a, such a hippie, but, and nature and, <laughs> and all of that. But you know, with, with, with our environment today, it's become so electronic and so dry and so, um, antisocial that um, I think it's really having an effect on our health. And so um, we need to take pay attention to that, how, how our phones and our computers have really removed us from living sometimes. And um, we need to reinsert the creativity and the getting outdoors and really seeing the world and seeing people in person. Mm-hmm. Um, connection. And the connection is so important. And then that's the one thing about CrossFit. That's what they're so, that's their strength is that there's this wonderful um, social environment where people come and connect. But on the flip side of that, you know, sometimes I feel like everyone's an alcoholic and when you walk into that gym, everyone's holding a beer, you know, so you're going back to some dysfunction as well. Mm-hmm. So um, awareness is important and, uh, I think you can do well in those environments by number one, quantifying yourself and tracking your health, and um, number two, just being aware of why you're there. Is it because I'm here to beat the crap out of myself, or is it here so I want to smile with my friends? And you know what? If this workout doesn't work for me, I'm just going to cut it short. Mm-hmm. It's your workout. It's not the gym's workout, and it's not the trainer's workout. You're doing it for you. Agreed. Right. Is it punishment or are you doing it because it's what you need? That's why I hate when I see on the board like workouts that say or anything that says if you don't pick up your equipment, you have to do 50 burpees. And I'm like, oh, my God. What's going on <laughs> here? Exercise is a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just that just uh, is tough, a tough thing for me to see. It's uh, – you know, if you don't pick up your equipment next time, maybe you can help someone else with theirs. Maybe that would be a better answer to I me. I like that. I like that. Well, it's going back so. to the support, you know, creating that support system in that community that I think is lacking in most places. 
or at least in even feeling comfortable having those conversations with fellow gym members or, uh, you know, other people that you do those activities with, um, finding a connection with somebody and, and almost having like, maybe if there was like a buddy system that you could instill where, you know, friends go in together and they can kind of be each other's checks and balances. Like, oh, you know, you look really run down. Maybe you should call it quits rather than egging them on to push beyond what they should. And you can set up a set of guidelines for yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. Did I get to bed on time last night? Because I see this like a lot of gyms having this 5 a.m., 6 a.m. class. Well, awesome. But how many of those people that showed up that morning got to bed before 10 o'clock? Right. Very and so I don't care what workout you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't care yeah. what workout you're doing. Um, you're burning the candle at both ends if you went to bed at 11. Mm-hmm. It's true. just as simple as that. And you're, you're maybe, you know, you're doing it because you feel like you have to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you want to do that workout early in the morning, get your butt to bed early and, and do it so that you get a benefit from it. And, um, and I think that's a good, you could have a buddy system or just talk to the trainer and just say, listen, I'm battling, you know, I want to work out and I want to be in shape, but I'm battling some issues of wearing on my body and I need you to be aware of those. And, you know, maybe assign, you keep an eye on me, you know, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. don't feel like I need to do 50, more than 50 reps of anything today. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, for me ever, um, the way my knees are, it's just like, why are we grinding away our joints with a hundred of something? Mm-hmm. And so when I look at workouts, um, if they're a mixed modality workout, I always say, look at the total numbers there. And if you've gone over 50 reps on any one exercise and that's total, you, know, you got to think about why. And if you go out to 60, that's no big deal. But if you're doing like 150 to 200 reps of something, how is that how is that good? How is that good at all? Right. You know, <laughs> that passes into a punishment realm there. <laughs> it, it, it passes everywhere. Because the other thing is a lot of people that just walk into the gym, they don't have a lifetime of athletics. I mean, I had a lifetime right. of athletics. So I had joint stability and so forth. But I, I wrote an article that said, you know, you can't, you can't drive your car like it's a Ferrari if you're a 1967 Nova. <laughs> it's you <true>. know, <laughs> <laughs> the bolts are gonna f- start flying. You know, things are gonna start yeah. pinging and breaking, and there's gonna be problems. So you know, you kind of really um, need to not kind of really. You really need to uh, have good joint stability and no, if a, a, a movement is appropriate for you. Um, mm-hmm. I train, I, I, lot, some people don't know this about me, but I'm a dental hygienist. That's what I was schooled for. And I happen to get a lot of dentists that I train at the gym. And um, they don't need to be snatching. They don't need to be doing burpees, throwing themselves on the floor and like jamming their wrists. I mean, they're making five grand a day on, with their hands. Their, their livelihood is their hands. And so I can get them in fantastic shape with leaving that, with taking that factor out. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, that's what um, I and, you know, my business, we pride ourselves on that very individual treatment of our clients. Because um, I think a lot of times, unfortunately, collective training and group training 
is good for maybe two or three people in the class and probably not so good for the rest. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just had this conversation with a, a colleague who's a yoga instructor, and she goes into a lot of the big corporations here in, in San Francisco, you know, like Pinterest. She was just at Pinterest yesterday. And she says, I, I go in to teach, they, you know, they, they bring me in to teach a class. And I realize that half the people in the class shouldn't be here. Half the class wants right. to do long stretches, hold the poses. She's like, one half the class, you know, three people want to get a really good power yoga workout. And she's like, I can't tailor this class to all these people. It just doesn't make sense. And she's like, I feel lost as an instructor because there's things that I feel like I want to teach these two people over here. And then the rest of the class is just kind of hanging out. And she's like, it's just the, the it, you know, it's a good idea, but it's not, no one's mm-hmm. getting what they need then at, at the end of the day. Right. And then on, on an even more specific level, you know, with group classes and, you know, yoga is included, CrossFit is included, any other type, step class, whatever the heck you're doing, you know, people say, well, yo, I, I, people go, yeah, I do yoga. I have a hip problem. And I go, well, do you know if your hip problem is a problem of lack of stability or tightness? And they mm-hmm. go, I don't know. And I said, and you keep stretching it and mobilizing it. And if it's a, it's, if it's a problem of hypermobility, do you think you might be making it worse? I don't know. <laughs> and so, you know, these group classes, the instructor really doesn't know what your personal makeup is, although I think there should be some responsibility there. But, um, you know, are we by blanketing this workout on a group, whether it's yoga or or a mixed modality workout, um, are we benefiting um, the individual who we may be, you know, digging a hole that's deeper for them? Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I, I'm very sensitive to that because I've been hurt that way. And, um, and I don't want to be a curmudgeon, but I just want, um, I guess I would say, awareness, self-awareness for people. And, um, and, uh, that's why I, I like using the HRV monitor, um, to see what their cumulative stress levels are from day to day and how hard they really, um, can push it that day mm-hmm. and, uh, and knowing what their injuries are and knowing if they're tight or if they're loose in a certain area, if their shoulder problem has to do with, you know, an irritation, looseness or, or imbalance of, of, uh, some sort. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's a really responsible approach to coaching too. Is you, you're you're speaking of awareness and the awareness that people bring. And sometimes our job as coaches is is to be just super tuned into their body language and reading them and being responsible enough to bring the awareness to them if if it's. You know, they've been operating on this, oh, I'm in pain and I'm just going to smash it down so I can keep going. And you, you are the person that brings the awareness to them. Like, look, let's, let's really check in with where, where you are today and, and is what you need to grind it out today or is what you need to slow down and breathe. Or, so I, I really love that, that approach. Well, you said that better than I could. So that was awesome. I mean, you have, as a coach have to be strong enough to tell, send someone home. And I don't mm-hmm. see much of that happening. Right. And, well, the- and there's a solution, you know, if that person's coming in for that social environment and they're not prepared for training, you can say, why don't you stand by me and help me coach? 
Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you just walk through this workout with me and see what I'm telling other people? I mean, they can still be in the social environment without working out. And then sometimes you just need to tell them you need to go home and rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get a massage. Exactly. Go away. Exactly. <laughs> I, go I had away. a go away. Yes. I had a client for a uh, for a long time who just was had had been overdoing it for way too long and she just had that mentality and uh, I could, it was really hard for me to get her out of it or at least help her see the bigger picture. So when I gave her every time I gave her a new training, I would have her go have like a training day, but all she would do was like foam roll or like do body work. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You want to go to the gym? Okay, this is what you're going to do." <laughs> If it's that important for right. you to go, you're not going to actually lift anything up. You're going to take care of your body instead. Um, and it actually went really well. So she, you know, she still had that. And maybe it was just like the regimented life that she lived, you know, the the consistency there. But uh, and getting her out of the guilt when she wouldn't go. But I made that a part of it. And it, and it worked well for her. So I so. Back to minimum, minimum dose maximum effect, I think that that is a fairly safe prescription for everyone, and I would even include an Olympic athlete in that. And I would, I would say to the folks that are listening that the Olympic athlete is doing minimum dose maximum effect because they want their career to last a long time because they're doing well. They don't want to be hurt, and they want um, – they want to do the minimum they can in, outside of their sport to perform inside of their sport. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm happy to see that it works on all realms from the Olympic athlete to maybe the person in a wheelchair. Um, that you doing just the just the, the minimum amount for the maximum effect um, is, is a, a good um, beacon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you because you just did like a, a revamp of your site. Um, your your intro video is wonderful, and I think it really sets the tone for everything that we've just talked about. But you want to give us all the the audience uh, info as to where they can find you. Well, let me just say that it it meant the world to me that you that you uh, wrote to me about that video mm-hmm. and um, that it brought us to this show. So thank you for that. Um, you can find me at Eva T strength and conditioning.com. The short version of that is Eva T And, um, you can contact us in several different ways. If you go to the site, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. If you just Google Eva T, um, or search in those, um, social media, realms you'll find me under Eva T although there is there are a couple strippers and a couple rappers <laughs> named Eva T so just know I'm strength conditioning and it's um, awesome I wouldn't have gone to that as a stripper name I gotta say I don't <laughs> I am covering all my big guys and um and we you know we're, we're really um I'm really proud of our programming and what we've able been able to um to do with folks. And so if you come and I do a consult with you, a 15 minute consult, um, if you do do the programming, then we, we, you know, we don't charge you for the consult. And, um, I, f- I feel very good about what we're doing and, um, and I feel like we're teaching the community something new 
and come come by and uh, check it out and try us out. I love it. And I love that it says programming for life. Again, it just it really sets the tone <laughs> for what you're about. Right. And I feel like that's what most people actually need programming for life. Like, let me let me live well, mm-hmm. feel well, move well. And that's what I think we've got to move back to and focus on because yep. I think that to have the, the best quality of life, there's certainly ups and downs. But when we remind ourselves of the, the, the great in it um, and how to get back to that, then um, I think that's when we're at our best. Wonderful. And you're yeah, out. I think, the, I think your approach is really bringing some much needed balance to the fitness community in this area. So I'm, I, you have my full support. Thanks. Well, thanks so much. I, it means a ton to me. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a time where it was frowned upon, you know, you tell people to slow down and they want to give you a knuckle sandwich and now (laughs) there's more understanding there. And so (laughs) that's what I bring to the fitness community. Then I'll be very happy. Well, you're doing a good job. Awesome. I mean, I've I've listened to you talk before at past Paleo FXs, um, and you know it's one thing to to listen to somebody who's been through it. You know, you you've run the gamut of uh, a physical abuse on yourself, uh, sort of reprogramming, finding you know finding that balance, um, and and I love the the look at the emotional component because it's it's so missed. And forgotten about um and just you know like the first time that you were on biojacked hearing your story it even though i obviously didn't train like you did when i was young but i uh, was was very involved in my own sport as a as a child and missing that balance um your whole message and, and the way that you share it is very engaging and makes me want to just listen to everything you have to say so just keep talking, and, well, and, and, uh, and, and I hope that uh, you have a great time at Paleo, and I hope that the people who come and listen to you really listen and take away what you have to say. So keep Well, it thank you so much, um, Alex, and uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop down to Baja and surf for four days right before I go down there, so oh, perfect. <laughs> getting ready for that. That's great. Keeping my quality. Speaking of balance. <laughs> trying to practice what I preach and um anyway yeah thanks I I really welcome anyone and thank you for listening and uh there'll be more I have a little podcast myself and uh, um you know tune into evtsc.com and uh there's a lot to learn yep and we'll be sure to put all of your links in the show notes so that when people listen to the episode they'll be able to just click on those links and find all your stuff everywhere so um, wanted to thank you cool. again for being on the show. It was a great time, and um, I'll probably ask you to be back again. Just a just a heads up. You can banter on about it. I'd be flattered. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even get a chance to go all fangirl on her. So I, I know <laughs> she she is quite the fangirl. Just so you know, we'll, we'll have to talk about the <laughs> the Olympic lifting uh, another time. We'll save that for another show. Well, Maybe. I appreciate all that, and and always feel free to to contact me. Um, I'm here. I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Her Body, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks. You can say bye. 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 Bye.
You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Shayna Alverson. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance. <laughs>